the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. We are all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. And business, we talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. Dot com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. It's a live show. You could call into the beautiful studio here in Elk Grove Village, 312-642-5600. And remember, we are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. We call them our Solutions Center, and they have many solutions on their fantastic new blog on their website, tandemhr.com. So first up on the program, I'm thrilled to be joined by my longtime friend, Greg Salkovich, who is the owner of Right Choice Resources, a national sales recruiting company based in downtown Chicago. Greg, welcome to the program. Thanks, Shalom. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's great to have you on because we talk about this subject all the time, and I can't think of anybody that uh, knows more about the topic than you. So, Greg, (laughs) what is Right Choice Resources? Sure. So, Shalom, uh, Right Choice Resources is a sales recruiting company. We're actually based in downtown Chicago, and we're in the River North area, and we specialize in sales. So, salespeople, account managers, and sales leaders. And we work with companies of all different sizes, uh, anything from the software industry to the industrial industry. Well, uh, spoken like a true sales <laughs> professional, uh, Greg, you have had quite the career. I know that you have a, uh, you, you received your bachelor's from Miami University in, uh, with a major in organizational behavior management, and then you have an MBA. Um, and then you went off on a very successful career as a sales professional. Let's talk about your career first before we talk about the careers that you helped to create. Sure, I'd be, be happy to. So you, my, my whole career has, has been in sales. So I was a salesperson besides, before I was a recruiter. And I am just super, super passionate about sales. I was always a top performer. And then, you know, it's funny. And Shalom, this is why, why we be, actually became friends and got to know each other and got introduced by, by five different people, which was, you know, kind of uh, an inside joke between us. But, uh, you know, I was sitting down with one of my friends. And I really, you know, wasn't loving my job. And, and he said, you know, Greg, I'm going to give you the same advice that my dad gave me, which is find something you're passionate about and the money will come. So I took a huge pay cut to get into recruiting because that was really my passion, was, was helping people and paying it forward. I just have never really monetized it before, and, and that's how I got into recruiting. So there's two sides of the conversation that I want to make sure we cover. Uh, the first sure. is from the, 
from the from the professionals uh, perspective, it's interesting because uh, I feel that uh, that that a fantastic sales professional will likely be, for lack of a better term, recruited uh, almost every single day. Uh, they they have that certain shine, that certain uh, polish and professionalism, and pretty much any company that's smart will be itching to bring them on. Um, because as my dad taught me a long time ago, it's all widgets. It really doesn't matter what uh, what what industry they're they're in. So what what should a sales professional be looking for, and 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 how do they sort of weed out the uh, the garbage from the from the fantastic real career opportunities that are actually meaningful and and will likely be a game changer. Sure. It's a great question. So typically what I recommend, Shalom, is obviously Glassdoor is, is a great resource to go on to, Glassdoor.com, and it has company reviews, and you can look at compensation and so on. So I, I always recommend that. And, and to me, the biggest thing is networking, because a company is always going to tell you they're great, and there's advancements and so on. But when you can find somebody in the inside who has worked there and knows them and so on, you can get the real scoop. And one of the most common mistakes that I see, and, and where salespeople sometimes – you know, get themselves in a little trouble is that the companies, I mean, you know the Shalom, they'll say it's a $50,000 base salary and $100,000 total in the first year. You know, that's the expected earnings. And then they get there and they realize, gosh, that's not really true. It's really probably more like $70,000. That's really more realistic. So I always like to ask the question, rather than saying what are expected first-year earnings, saying, you know, can you tell me a little bit about the first earnings of, of some of your, your team members, you know, the people that have worked there in the first 12 months? What did they make at the, at the end of 12 months? And that, to me, that's a bigger, you know, better question because a lot of people get themselves in that trouble. I hear it every day where they say, gosh, they told me I was going to make 100 and I ended mm-hmm. up making 70. Mm-hmm. And now from the uh, from the uh, company's perspective, uh, finding the right talent, uh, everybody knows how challenging it is to, to onboard somebody, uh, even somebody that will be a self-starter like uh, most sales professionals are. What mm-hmm. can companies do to make sure that they are bringing the right person on? And I guess that's the whole selling point for a company like Right Choice Resources. But uh, talk about the, the, the responsibilities of recruiting uh, the right way. Sure. Well, you know, first of all, when you find a, a great salesperson, I mean, they're, they're hard to come by. And one of the things a lot of companies do, and I, I give the analogy, it's like dating. Both parties have to be interested. It's just not one party. So I always recommend that you have to pursue them just like they're going to pursue you. You have to show them you're interested. You have to follow up with them. If there's a delay, you have to tell them why. So communication is, is really, really important. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, and, and what is the state of the market right now uh, regarding uh, jobs in general, but in particular uh, sales professionals such as the ones that you recruit? Are, are, is it leaning more uh, towards, the, uh, towards the professionals? Are there more opportunities for them or vice versa? Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities for salespeople right now. I mean, the, the nice thing, the thing I love about sales, Shalom, is you know, when the economy's down and companies aren't doing well, how do you, how do you get better? Is you, you increase your sales, when, you know, and, and vice versa. You, you always need to increase your sales, whether the economy's good or it's bad or companies doing good or bad. So, um, so yeah, there, there's a huge market right now, and right now there's really a war on talent, and that's why our, our, our company has been doing well and why a mm-hmm. lot of people call us is because – 
it's a challenge right now. Everybody's going after the same people. So I'm chatting with Greg Salkovich, the owner of Right Choice Resources, sales recruiting firm um, in downtown Chicago. Greg, uh, I'd like to uh, to make sure we talk about uh, small companies, because as you know, uh, that's the focus of this program. Those mm-hmm. companies that are getting started, and they may be uh, really cool, creative companies, uh, technology companies like uh, many of those uh, firms downtown, that may be the next uh, the next big idea. Um, what can they do to bring on people that will help get them to the next level? And likewise for the for the sales uh, professionals, uh, do you, would you suggest that some of those companies that some of some of those individuals look uh, to take a little bit of a chance, take a little bit of a risk in coming getting in on the ground floor of those opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Shalom, I'm, I mean, I've been a small business for the last seven years. So uh, I, I can completely relate to, to you and the, and the, the listeners um, of, of running a small business because I've had to get creative. I can't you know, put together a huge base salary and, and compete with some of these big companies. So um, you know, w- one of my recommendations, and I've always hired this way, Shalom, is, is hire the best available athlete. And you said this a little bit early in the, in the show, is uh, you know, sales skills are transferable. So the recent person I hired, our director of recruitment, he came from a logistics background, but he understands sales. He understands sales process. He understands what it's like to be a candidate who's interviewing. So he understands both sides, and, and the skills are transferable. And I think that's in most industries. And my, my background's in packaging sales. I sold boxes and bubble wrap most of my career. And the, the joke of why I had to start my own company was because nobody would hire me. I mean, nobody wants a box salesperson to be a recruiter, not very many. Uh, to me, it, it's 90% skill and that you transfer over and 10% you're going to have to learn the new industry. So that's one way I get creative. Uh, some of my smaller clients, I love working with smaller clients because you can actually really, really impact them is, um, you know, get, get creative, you know, create bonus plans, create, and a lot of them, uh, some of my clients have, you know, stock options and, uh, and, and other things like that. And I would really sell them on the opportunity of, you know, you're here to get on, the, you know, you're here on the ground floor. You're going to be able to do bigger things here than you would at the big company. And that's, to me, really appealing to, to, to salespeople. Uh, that's some great advice, and that's why uh, companies big and small should be working with, uh, with you, Greg, at Right Choice Resources to make sure that they have the process, that they are being competitive in bringing on talent. Right Choice Resources. So, Greg, if folks want to learn more uh, and perhaps just uh, pick on some uh, tips and advice from, from you and from your fantastic team, how can they learn more and get a hold of you? Sure. So the, the best way to, to learn more about us is go to our website, which is rightchoiceresources.com. And right is with an R, as in Roger. And that would be the best way. And you can also email me at greg at rightchoiceresources.com. And Greg is spelled with two G's at the end. So it's G-R-E-G-G at rightchoiceresources.com. Well, check out the website, rightchoiceresources.com. Greg Salkovich, we appreciate your, uh, your time this evening and look forward to having you uh, back on the program to discuss recruiting sometime real soon. Thank you so much, Alan. Really, really appreciate it. Always great to talk to you. Absolutely. Well, coming up, um, we've got some other fantastic guests. We're going to be talking all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Chicago, don't, don't touch that dial. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. As always, get on my website, ShalomKlein.com. You can download podcasts from this program and the over 600 guests that we have had on the, on the air over the past several years. ShalomKlein.com. Follow me on Twitter at ShalomKlein. We'll be right back on Get Down to Business.
Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by Gina Gallucci. Um, thank you so much for joining me here in studio, Jeannie. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you have a very interesting background and a very, very interesting practice. You are an attorney, um, but you are not always an attorney. I guess nobody really is always an, and forever an attorney. Uh, Jeannie, let's start by uh, talking about your background. Well, I have a background in hospitality. My family has a grocery store in Cleveland that's been there for over 100 years. I worked there. If there's any confusion, Italian. Italian. Very Italian. (laughs) I worked there as a child, and then I worked in hospitality as a bartender and a waitress all throughout school. Uh, Fascinating. So how did that impact um, you in deciding what you do today? And I guess that's a great segue to talk about what you do today. Yeah, so we do government relations and regulatory litigation, and I saw the effects of government relations on our family business at a young age. So I I know you've mentioned to me um, when we were uh, off air, you mentioned that many hospitality businesses are small businesses, and I've certainly discovered that in my networking throughout the city of Chicago and beyond. Um, You have fought very, very hard to make sure that Government has a role, but doesn't step beyond that role. Um, let's talk about a little bit about some of some examples that you're that you're at liberty to, uh, to talk about uh, of ways that you have been able to uh, use your your background um, to, uh, to to help uh, companies. Well, so we like to get companies at the onset where we're helping them navigate these regulatory challenges when we understand what their business model is. But sometimes we wind up getting hired when they've already faced challenges, which means that we have to guide them through litigation. And in the course of litigating the matter, we try to solve the underlying problem so that hopefully we're in a better position for everybody to come to a settlement or an agreement and that business can thrive in that location. So you just mentioned location. So when a business decides to get started, I'm always fascinated by in what step they contact professionals. An attorney usually is one of those first few calls. But you say actually when finding the location, probably just after the realtor, probably the, uh, the attorney is going to come in and pick the location. So why is an attorney needed for that conversation in determining where that hospitality business should be located? So a key component of hospitality businesses is often liquor, which is highly regulated. And there's certain things that you can do on certain pieces of property that you can't do on other pieces of property. So while you're selecting your site for where your business is going to be, you should be consulting with a hospitality lawyer to find out what can you do and what can you not do and what kinds of licenses you can get in that location. So, so often small businesses in particular, because uh, they are under-resourced, I shouldn't say they, I should say we are (laughs) under-resourced because uh, so many people that walk into this studio uh, fall into that, into that, into that boat. We hope that they grow uh, and that they have a team of attorneys perhaps that are working in-house, but we know that in reality, that's usually not the case. Very, very often they end up in the, in the mode of being reactive as opposed to proactive. Meaning, um, it, it's it's in crisis. Somebody is it, they they get a notice on their door. Um, let's talk about how how you recommend for small business owners uh, to sort of balance that 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 act of of being proactive uh, where possible. 
So if you're contemplating starting a business, it makes sense to find your attorney at that point. So you're making a strategic choice and not a defensive choice. But if you find yourself with violations, you need to make a quick strategic choice and find a good fit for somebody that can help you navigate that. And then the most important person uh, part of that is you have to listen to them. <laughs> Listening is indeed important. So, uh, uh, a relationship with an attorney is a relationship, uh, hopefully should be, uh, based on trust. Um, I know you pride yourself on offering that free consultation, uh, probably in order to build that level of trust. Let's talk about, uh, about your practice. I know you have a partner in your firm as, as, as well. Uh, uh, another good Italian, I believe. Yes. Paul Tanzillo is my partner. Our firm is Tanzillo Gallucci. I want to come for lunch to your office. I can imagine <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> we do a lot of eating. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. So, um, so government relations, that's usually something that most people think of as, uh, as, as something that's needed in for a big business. Uh, isn't it a sad state of affairs that, that small businesses need to hire attorneys and, and need to sort of uh, fight, the, fight the, the, the big machine? That's one way to look at it. But government has an important role as well, which is keeping a balance between business and the people that live in a community. And so that's why it's there. Uh, but lawyers help navigate that relationship and offer suggestions that perhaps government wouldn't have come up with or find the happy medium between the two. So let's talk about where we are specifically. You mentioned location earlier. So uh, Chicago, um, Illinois, uh, are things comparable to other states and other and other municipalities or are we better or worse? Chicago is in a class of its own. <laughs> As with all things. Right. Okay, so explain, please. So there's just a a varied labyrinth of regulations in the city of Chicago. This is... Give an example. Well, for I mean, Chicago, our history with Al Capone, people are very, very careful about liquor in Chicago. (laughs) So you have to be uh, paying attention to not only the Liquor Commission, but you also have to be paying attention to the Department of Health, to the Buildings Department, to the Public Ways Department, Streets and Sanitation. I mean, everything from your flowers to your alcohol to your food has a different agency that you have to speak with, different department that you have to speak with, and make sure that you're in compliance with their regulations. And how much does politics play into it? I know that older, older members of the City Council, aldermen, have, have a have a uh, unique role in the city of Chicago. They have a uh, a fair deal of power, I I think it's fair to say. Absolutely, which is why when you're selecting a location, it's important to start talking to a lawyer right then because you need to know what that alderman thinks about that kind of business. And if they're going to be receptive, you're going to have a much easier time than if they're not going to be receptive. They control a lot here in Chicago. And so are there any uh, particular areas of the city that, that you and your partner Uh, particularly focus on or do you cover the entire city and beyond yeah we do the city and we do the suburbs um and there's obviously some more central business districts in the city of chicago we tend to have more clients from those but we are citywide and uh all of the color counters as well have you uh tried restaurants in all 77 neighborhoods yes i'm certain i have (laughs) I'm, i'm the very best at eating so i'm sure i've made it to all of them so i i want to Start to conclude where I started, and you mentioned that, that your background, again, your family business, hospitality in uh, Italian food business, um, is Chicago a good place to do business? Chicago is a good place to do business because we have such a huge community here, and people want to try things, and 
we are the midpoint of the whole country. Everything passes right through Chicago. There's a lot of opportunity here for businesses. There's a lot of opportunity here for people that are visiting, for people that are living here. We have very sophisticated people that live here, and they want access to sophisticated things. And we're a fun town. We are a fun I town. I mean, Chicago is a food and drink town. Taste of Chicago is just, I believe, a month and a half away, which will be fun. Um, so for a for an individual that's, that has an idea, um, and I actually spend a lot of time on this. There are many businesses, I don't want to name names, because they're operating out of their basements, not exactly doing things exactly, exactly the way they should be quite yet, but they have a fantastic idea, likely fantastic food as well. They, they're living on a prayer, I think it's fair to say. What advice do you have for them as they decide to take the next steps moving forward? Don't be afraid of moving too slowly. Just be afraid of standing still. Consult people that you trust and then follow their advice. And if you spend a little bit of time on the front end on legal, not just money, but time on right. legal, it'll save you a fortune on the back end. If you just carefully plan, strategy is everything. Proactive versus reactive. And what about the other professionals? I know obviously your focus is obviously on the legal side. Um, what about having a business plan? I mean, I'm sure you've seen it all. Absolutely. And you want to have not just a good lawyer, but you want to have a great accountant as well. You want to have a really good team on both your financial end and your legal end. The same can be true for saying that you want to have, if, you're, if it's a restaurant, you need to have a great chef. You know, whatever you're doing, you need to surround yourself with people that really know what they're talking about. You need to come together with a good plan and then execute that plan. Fantastic. So, Ginny Galucci, we are running out of time. Um, you've provided some fantastic advice, not just for, uh, for as I would call it, foodie businesses, <laughs> but for many, many others as well. Uh, appreciate it and look forward to having you back on. Um, but in the meantime, how can, uh, how can folks reach uh, you and your, uh, and your law firm? On our website, which is Tanzillo Gallucci, but we've also come up with tglawgroup.net uh, so that you don't have to deal with all those double consonants. And you can uh, reach me at Jeannie, J-E-A-N-N-I-E, at tglawgroup.net. tglawgroup.net. Um, you can call 312-878-2718. Well, I encourage all of our listeners, uh, make that call. Um, be proactive, as I said earlier. Jeannie, we appreciate having you on. Thank you so much. We offer a free consultation. I really appreciate being here. Thanks. Of course. Coming up, we'll be back and get down to business. Don't touch that dollar, Chicago. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I always learn a lot from all of our guests. Um, certainly great conversations we've already had so far on the program. Greg Salkovich, Gina Gallucci, uh, and, uh, and we've got more in store for you coming up uh, later in the program. But I've been talking over uh, in prior weeks about difficult conversations. Um, I know I've been traveling quite a bit uh, over the past few weeks, and sometimes difficult conversations are the result of being in strange places or talking to people that you might not otherwise be comfortable with talking to. Um, so I've had many conversations as I've traveled for business and traveled for pleasure and developed business opportunities with folks that have an accent. So I am very curious. Uh, I love it when our, uh, when our listeners uh, contact me through my website, shalomkline.com, and let me know what experiences you have. Sometimes people say things one way that you may interpret a certain way, 
um, but they actually don't mean things the way you hear it. So that actually occurred to me just this past week. I had a follow-up call with somebody that I met in New Zealand. And I know that might sound odd, um, not that I had a call with somebody from New Zealand, but somebody, uh, the fact that uh, it was hard to understand them. It wasn't hard to understand them in with their accent. They said something that I completely and totally misinterpreted. And I basically, uh, my challenge is sometimes that I, I develop a first impression. And I know that likely many of you, many of our fantastic listeners, are the same way. You develop a, an impression early on in a conversation, and that impacts your entire business relationship. I've likely lost some of my uh, best opportunities because I've developed a, an impression of somebody and I no longer wanted to work with them. And likewise, I've probably wasted a ton of time with people that I developed a positive impression with, and likely I have, once again, been wasting my time with them. So I had somebody on the phone with me from New Zealand. They said something. I misinterpreted it. I thought it was something negative. Uh, I abruptly tried to finish the call um, because I thought that they were they were saying something that I didn't want to hear, something that I thought actually was somewhat unethical, and I wanted to get off the phone and and finish up the conversation. Um, a few days later, I actually uh, accidentally heard from somebody else in my networking circles. They said the same thing, and they repeated to me uh, how folks in New Zealand mean something different. I know that's sort of a long, drawn-out story of uh, uh, that that may not be relevant on a regular basis, but I wanted to to pick your brain and and get your feedback on difficult conversations, difficult and confusing conversations, and how you have dealt with it. Have you experienced something like this? Have you dealt with things a certain way? Please contact me through my website, ShalomKlein.com, or you could even call here into the studio, 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. I'd love to hear what you think. And most importantly, I'm talking about phone conversations. In-person meetings are certainly very, very different. As you know, I always encourage in-person conversations. My recipe for success that I've shared so many times before on the program is make sure that you're going to two networking events. No, that does not mean a happy hour. It doesn't need to be the cheesy events that you may not be comfortable with, but it could be a fundraiser supporting a fantastic cause as long as you are going to meet two new people. It means that you're not going to hang off on the side with people you already know. You're going to meet two new people at that event. And then you're following up with two of those people uh, throughout the week for cups of coffee, not just people that you're reconnecting with, and reconnecting is important, but uh, new contact. It's at those conversations that something like this may occur, a difficult conversation. In particular, I'm talking about those phone calls. Likely these are, uh, if you're like me, you start a relationship with a phone call before you end up meeting somebody in person. And when you have that phone call, before you develop that first impression and you decide at that moment that this is somebody I'm going to do business with for a long time, this is somebody that I'd love to follow up with, or this is somebody that I never want to talk to again because they said something strange and they perhaps gave a very, very strong sales pitch, give it a second chance 
make sure that you do a second conversation as well. That's what I've experienced that has worked well. Again, we dedicate so much time, so much effort to each and every one of our business relationships. Make sure you are giving it your full shot, especially with somebody that you may not be understanding that may not come from the same uh, from down the street, from uh, if you're if you do business in downtown Chicago, if it's especially if it's somebody that's not nearby, this can be a golden opportunity for you to expand your business horizons and uh, and make sure that you're reaching new contacts, new customers, new referral sources, new relationships uh, that can help take your business to the next level. That's what it is all about. I'd love to hear your stories. Give us a call through and two six four two. 5600 or get on my website tweet me at shalom klein um we're going to be posting all of the guests from today's program on uh, on my website you can download them as well as the 600 plus other guests from prior weeks remember we're powered by tandem hr your solution center check them out tandemhr.com or give them a call 630-928-0510 i'm going to be back on the program in just a few moments with a fantastic guest We're going to be chatting with Michael Tenney, founder and CEO of KeySmart. You don't want to miss it. Chicago, get down to business. We'll be right back. Does your business have an employee handbook? I was actually just going through a client's files, and uh, it's it's funny for a well-organized business. They uh, they have a they not a large employee base, but they have about six seven people that work for them. And uh, we were having a conversation about updating an, a, a, their employee handbook, and I determined that indeed they do not have one. If you don't, you are not alone. Some statistics suggest that as many as three out of four small businesses don't have an updated handbook. While they're not legally required, providing employees with a handbook serves as a simple yet detailed protection for employees and businesses alike. Employee handbooks outline policies, procedures, and benefits, and they could be as simple or as detailed as you'd like, but a well-written handbook can save you from more than one work-related headache. So um, I have taken the liberty of, of getting some advice from our friends at Tandem HR. You've heard me talk about them in the past, and they have been a fantastic resource for many of our small business listeners, many of our small business guests, and employee handbooks and employment in general is something that comes up very, very regularly in conversation. So the professionals at Tandem HR have shared five different uh, uh, tips that, uh, that I'd like to share with you today. So number one is that new employees should understand the work dynamic that they are entering. A handbook can provide employees with a clear understanding of what they're responsible for, including how to request time off how to call in sick, and who to go to with questions about policies or procedures. Handbooks can also promote healthy management-employee relationships. Just as a manual lets employees know what they're expected to do, they can also be used to outline what employees can expect from management, including timekeeping policies, pay periods, performance management programs, and so forth. So by outlining all of those policies and all of those expectations, on both sides of the fence, confusion and inconsistencies are essentially minimized in the workplace. And number two is that benefits are explained and utilized. A solid benefits package can help you retain high-quality employees 
and prevent the side effects of high turnover. But if your employees are unaware of what's offered, they could be under the false impression your benefits are lacking, including summaries associated with your benefits package in the handbook, including paid vacation, 401k, health insurance, dental insurance, and so on. And you want to make sure that uh, that handbook ensures compliance with company rules as well as federal, state, and local laws. You want to use your employee handbook to add all the rules within the company. This provides employees with one place to look and prevents disagreements if a disciplinary issue arises. Handbooks can also be used to outline and enforce state and federal laws. So take the time to get to learn the laws that apply to the size of the business and the area it's located. And it serves as protection from litigation. Unfortunately, lawsuits are a threat in every business, no matter its size or industry. And if yours should face a lawsuit or or discrimination claim one day from a current or former employee, your handbook could play an influential role in the final outcome. For this reason, make sure you have an expert review your employees, your employee handbook's wording. And finally, number five is that it promotes open communication and transparency. Open communication is key to a positive work environment. And by giving new hires your handbook, you're letting them know your mission, purpose, and core values. And this will set the stage for a positive business relationship and lets team members know who they can go to with questions about their employment, rights, and work environment. So handbooks also eliminate the he said, he she said argument. You won't have to worry about telling one employee one thing and a different employee something else. Even if your intentions are pure, mixing up the policies between employees can lead to massive headaches. So put simply, a handbook can protect your business, promote growth, and provide employees with a one-stop shop for information. To maximize employee handbook benefits, make sure updated handbooks are given to every new hire. And by the way, I mean this even for tiny businesses. If you have one person, yes, you should probably have an employee handbook in place. It will actually help you and it will make it easier for the future um, as hopefully your uh, your workforce grows. As we said earlier in our in the show, better to be proactive rather than reactive. And make sure that they sign the document stating that they've read and understood the handbook. Handbooks should also be readily available upon request, either in physical form or virtual. So for more information about employee handbooks and other HR solutions, you want to contact our friends at Tandem HR. Give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. Check out their website, tandemhr.com. Michael Tunney um, from Keysmart will be joining us in just a moment on Get Down to Business. As always, check out my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And uh, sneak peek, because next week we have, um, we have some fantastic business owners, including some startups, um, and we will be focusing on... Uh, some of the new regulations. I'm not sure if you've heard of our good friends at uh, at uh, the Small Business Advocacy Council, but they just passed some uh, the new legislation regarding LLC filing fees in the state of Illinois. And Elliot Richardson, the, the chairman and founder of the Small Business Advocacy Council, will be joining me to talk about that and their next advocacy uh, agenda. Uh, we'll be talking all about that next week on Get Down to Business. Um, we're on every Sunday at 6 p.m. and uh, always looking to hear your feedback, especially that conversation about uh, difficult conversations. Would love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, your perspective. Uh, get on my website, shalomkline.com. Um, we'll be back with 
uh, Michael Tunney in just a moment um, from Keysmart. And uh, as always, if you want to learn more about employee handbooks, you want to learn more about some of the other tips, advice, and information, get on my website. I'll be posting a blog later this week with all of that relevant information. Um, We'll be back and get down to business in just a moment. Uh, You're listening to the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that dial. Hey, we are back, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Michael Tunney, the founder and CEO of KeySmart, a company that produces Swiss-style key holders that helps people get rid of bulky key rings. Michael, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely love to talk to startups and, uh, and, and entrepreneurs. Um, Michael, um, how did you come up with this fantastic idea? You know, you've got a, quite a story. Yeah. So um, I came up with it back in 2013, uh, basically hated carrying keys. Um, I actually didn't even really design it to start, uh, to really start a company around it. I really just designed it as a solution for myself, which I think actually a lot of, you know, is a way that a lot of great products are made. Um, so I basically lived downtown. I would walk to, you know, would walk to any social gathering or work, and I just hated carrying keys because keys go one way, the key ring goes the other way, and it's always just really, really bulky. You know, so when you sit down, it's, you know, guys have keys in their front pocket. So when they sit down, it stabs you in the thigh. You do like, you know, you get that, that uncomfortable thigh poke and it just damages his pants and suit pants and jeans and all sorts of, you know, all, all sorts of mess of problems. So, um, realized that a lot of other people had the same problem and just wanted to take a crack at reinventing, uh, the keyring that's, was kind of a necessary nuisance that we all uh, made peace with for so long. Totally. Um, keys suck. I, I agree with you. Keys suck. And um, you have worked really, really hard. You, uh, you, you raised nearly $330,000 on a Kickstarter, and, mm-hmm. um, and you've, uh, you've really established something amazing. Michael, what have you, uh, before we go back to the product itself, what have you learned along the way, and what advice would you share with fellow entrepreneurs? Oh, uh, they'll often feel fast. <laughs> So uh, basically, just um, don't get too caught into, I mean, so we grew the company just trying a lot of different things. You know, 90% of the things don't work, um, and you want to find out very quickly and um, cheaply until so you can really, once those things that do work, or once you find the things that do work, you can really double and triple down on those and scale those. Uh, amazing. And you have been, uh, I think, quite successful in, in starting uh, a company uh, scaling up um, and 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 really being innovative along the way. Uh, again, KeySmart, uh, you're producing the, these Swiss style key holders that really helping people like me um, that hate keys. Um, you're getting rid of those bulky keyrings, but now you also have the KeySmart Pro. Um, so really embracing the technology as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, so, that, uh, so there's a company called Tile. Um, I'm sure a lot of listeners have heard of it. So they basically, um, they're the, the leader in smart, uh, smart locations. So basically it's these little squares that you put on everything, you know, your keys, your wallet, your backpack, and you can find it on the map. So we, so us being a key organizer company, we did a strategic partnership with them and basically took their guts, put it inside our product and made a really great product. So, um, it basically organizes your keys, you know, shrinks all your keys down to the side of the pack of gum, but also has a smart location. So you can download the tile app. You can find it on a map. 
Um, but if you know, and if you if you lose it, say at, the, at work or you know, at the place you were the night the night before, which no, not you know, never happens. Um, or if it's in your house, you can ring your keys, and your keys can actually ring your phone back. So if you lose it on the couch, you usually only lose your keys or your phone, not usually both. <laughs> so say if you lose your keys, you can um, pull up the app, and it'll you can hit the button to ring it, and you can follow the sound of the ring. Um, same vice versa. So there's a button on the on the KeySmart Pro where even if your phone's on silent, you double tap that, and your phone will start ringing. Totally so cool. Then you, you know. Cool yep. technology and, and cool partnerships. Um, so what's next for KeySmart? So we're expanding into other gadgets. We've already done a, a handful of our nano series, so basically small keychain-sized gadgets, uh, small pens, quick disconnects, little styluses, things like that. So, um, But then we're also, the way we look at new products is what you use your KeySmart with and what you use before and after. So. We're Michael, we are uh, we are just out about uh, out of time. Uh, where can people learn more online? Uh, getkeysmart.com. Getkeysmart.com. Michael Tani, founder and CEO of Keysmart. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for joining us on Get Down to Business to Success. Let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.